0: Hey, this is Matt from Monsters in Midnight. Our show is your one-stop shop for horror news, true crime, and real life tales of the unexplained, all October long. Our full archive of scary good episodes is now streaming on ZimaPodcasting Network.com forward slash monsters at midnight. Once again, that is ZimaPodcasting Network.com forward slash monsters at midnight. Best of all, there's no paywalls standing in your way. You get all this creamy content for absolutely free. So Bolt your windows, lock your doors, and turn out the lights and check us out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another mini episode of Who You Got. My name is Dayton Hammond. What we got is a show about creating brackets for things that don't normally have brackets. Now, you may be asking, what is a bracket exactly? Well, a bracket, or tournament bracket, is a tree diagram representing a series of games played in a knockout tournament. Each episode, we create a bracket for a specific topic and determine the best of that topic through a series of debate matchups. In these special mini-episodes, special rules apply. First of all, it's just little old me here. While there is no guest, I will still be talking through these matchups in a thorough and even-handed manner. Unlike a full episode of Who You Got, we'll only be debating four items here. That means two semi-final matchups, and then a final face-off to take the crown. Thirdly and lastly, there are no strict time limits on each round, but thankfully we have the man himself, Garam Zima, over here on the knobs to call me out, just in case I start stalling out of sheer indecisiveness. Rules over, game on, let's get to our topic. Well, with all the talk of alt-rock legends and extreme soda mixers as of late, I thought I would keep our devil-may-care attitude and radical edge going with this week's topic. That's right, we're talking fall activities. No really, people talk about fall like it's the end of the world every year, and thankfully the universe doesn't go into hibernation just yet. There are some awesome things to do and look forward to, so much so that I think fall just may be my favorite season. So refill your pumpkin spice latte and put on your finest plaid, because we're putting pumpkin patches against some Friday Night Football and then turning up the Halloween heat with haunted houses versus trick-or-treating. The winner of these matchups will be crowned the Autumnal Activity Authority. So let's jump right into it, shall we? In the first semifinal match, we have pumpkin patches versus American football, which is a weird sentence that I never thought I would say. Well, let's jump right into it. So pumpkin patches in this tournament here are sort of going to be the catch-all for all sorts of agricultural tourism that happens during the fall. So this, of course, includes pumpkin patches as well as corn mazes and apple orchards. Does that make it overpowered in this matchup against American football? I don't think so, because football is, some for some people, all that they look forward to in fall. The season really kicks into gear during autumn. Uh, punts into gear... No, kicking is also a thing in football, so kicks is fine, yay. I'm not exactly a football fan, as you can probably tell, but I am a big fan of football-watching culture. In my hometown, small town of about 1,500 people, small little rural village in northern Wisconsin, we have packer parties. Everyone would wear their jersey and bring a dish to pass, you know, taco dip, snickerdoodle salad, whatever. You know, basically anything with whipped cream or mayonnaise in it, and we call it a salad. That sort of deal. Packer parties were a chance for me when I was in middle school and a little bit in high school. Uh, it was a chance for me to hang with my friends and eat good snacks from homemade households and that sort of thing uh, while our parents got drunk and watched Favre throw interceptions. It was a good time, I'm not gonna lie. And I also appreciate high school football. I was not a football player, again, probably quite obvious. I was part of the marching band. And let me tell you, I I get why people love being under those lights, whether they're in the crowd or they're on the team. It's just unreal. The hum of the crowd, the crisp of that fall breeze, the saltiness of the concession stand exhaust. Of course, it's going to be nachos and hot cocoa, that sort of nice fall, uh, fall warm treat. You get to invest in the identity of your school or your college, or in the case of NFL football, the identity of your state or area. And of course, can't talk about football in fall without talking about Thanksgiving football, an American tradition. Funny sort of thing. At my grandmother's house, where we have Thanksgiving every year, she has a mirrored wall in her dining room, and my brother always sits at the table. <laughs> in just the right place so he can look at the mirror and the TV reflects off of it in the next room. It's it's highly scientific, clearly, and people just clearly bend over backwards for football, especially in fall. But for me, and hopefully I can speak for some other people, there is nothing quite like enjoying the cool, rustic charm of a harvest time farm. I have an October birthday, so as you can imagine, growing up, I spend a lot of my birthdays on pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and apple orchards. It's always been part of my fall celebrations. I loved picking out a a pumpkin or a gourd to carve, paint, or display. I loved navigating the labyrinth of corn stalks and scarecrows in those corn mazes. And I liked grabbing the best apples off the tree for pie and cider, any sort of homemade treat. It's all wonderful and just a real sheer delight. And this was replicated for me this year, actually, when I went to Richardson's Adventure Farm in Spring Grove, Illinois. This is where the world's largest corn maze is. And this year's theme, they have a theme every year, usually coordinated to the year. And this year, it was the 50th anniversary of the Apollo moon landing, so of course they had a corn maze featuring a little moon rover, a little lander, a little satellite flying through the sky, and maybe even an alien hidden in there once in a while. The maze is outfitted with several games to make it much more fun than just find the exit. We had to walk through the game we played. We had to walk through and find 24 waypoints, use a special uh, hole punch, to get our cards marked and we got a certificate at the end for getting all 24 hole punches. Uh, I'll show it. I, I have it framed in my office. The farm is much more than a corn maze though. Richardson's goes all out. They have pedal carts, giant hamster balls, zip lines, a tra- little train ride, these pillow bounces, which is like this inflatable built into the ground and you can just jump on it. You just hop right on and start jumping. It's like a, a trampoline on steroids. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And then of course, there's the food. Apple cider donuts are the most famous and classic to these types of venues. We have probably our season's first hot cocoa at places like these. And then of course, any number of pumpkin flavored treats, whether it's cookies or pies or our famous pumpkin spice lattes. Pumpkin patches and the like get the whole family, or friend group, involved with a great deal of ease. Football can bring people together, but there's a certain amount of gatekeeping involved, especially if you have rivalries like we do here in southern Wisconsin, where we're certainly running into a a, a lot of fighting Packers and Bears fans. Football, at the end of the day, isn't the most accessible of sports. Plus, football, or at least NFL and college ball, goes beyond the fall to become something of of, of a winter and New Year's event as well. There's a certain exclusivity to football, and um, I don't think that's quite what we're going for here when we're talking fall activities. Now, this agricultural tourism, it's really special, and it's pretty singular to this season. Football has its own sort of culture surrounding it. It's not tied down to fall. It's a multi-seasonal beast. But agricultural tourism is so truly associated with this time and place. So, pumpkin patches. thumping American football. It's still a weird sentence. So, moving on to the finals. We have pumpkin patches. And we're going to get into the next round to determine its competitor for the Autumnal Activity Authority. We have the freaky face-off between haunted houses and trick-or-treating. Let's get into it. So... I've always kind of wanted to open a haunted house or create one during Halloween. There's never been one out there quite for me. I would really go for subtle scares that folks don't necessarily notice right away as they're walking through my little shack or whatever I decide to build up. And then I would sort of ramp up those scares as the attraction continues. Something that just sort of spooks them and sticks with them after they leave and That sort of idea addresses the beef I have with most haunted houses. They're all about jump scares. And then, of course, there's those extreme haunted houses that are the you sign waivers and people are like up in your grill and you can even get like fake kidnapped. It's just too much. There's no balance in haunted houses to me. So, at the end of the day, who are these for? Is it, uh, to me, it just seems like it's for middle schoolers or high schoolers. I don't know of any young people my age, or any young families, or anybody older who's really having any compulsion to go to a haunted house this time of year. So, I don't really know who haunted houses are for. I think they're kind of just for teens who want to smooch and use the scares as a disarming tactic. If that's the only thing I can really logic out which is a shame because I think horror and fright are important ideas and vehicles for ideas. That's why I appreciate horror films and thriller films and those more dark media. One of my favorite movies is Seven with Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt, of course. I think horror is a powerful way to communicate an idea. However, with Haunted Houses, it's not always about horror. It's about endangerment or the idea of endangerment sort of tricking your body to thinking that you're in in, in, in some sort of endanger. danger. It's weird. I, I think the, that sort of idea, the idea of endangerment clouds the mind as opposed to making it think a little bit more. So are these superficial spooks and debilitating disturbances of any value? Eh, probably. I mean, it's entertainment. Um, So, I don't mean to poo-poo so much on on haunted houses, but at the same time, jump scares just sort of feel like the the heartless blockbusters of human sensations. Haunted houses then, at the end of the day, end up dividing and fracturing people, while trick-or-treating, its competitor, brings people together. Trick-or-treating is best when the trick-or-treaters and the trick-or-treat-givers are all enthusiastic about the day. Trick-or-treaters can have fun costumes that they enjoy wearing and playing in, you know, having some sort of role or character that they like to play. Uh, At the end of the day, I think trick-or-treat costumes should be an expressive outlet. For example, I dressed up when I was a kid, and maybe once or twice when I was an adult, as Spider-Man. When I was a kid, I also dressed up as Buzz Lightyear and a a box of nerds, which is somehow thematically appropriate for me. It was something that reflected me and, oftentimes, the work that I did with my parents. We would craft these little outfits together and paint and sew and stitch and glue and that sort of thing. And it was I was really proud of what we created at the end of the day, and that's what I love about dressing up or trick-or-treating. And, in many areas, this is the, the last opportunity for many kids to enjoy the weather outside before it gets too frigid, especially here in Milwaukee trick or treat givers, on the other hand, those folks at the houses, should have some sort of welcome celebratory home. They have decor that makes people giddy and excited to approach their door. You know, fun, exciting candy. When all of these things are playing together, when they're getting excited about the kids dressed up and the kids are excited about being dressed up, it really becomes a wonderful experience to celebrate a community. It may be a full town or a neighborhood or maybe even just a church or school. It's all wonderful. Trick-or-treating, I know people crap on this once in a while, but trick-or-treating at the local park, just walking around to random tables or in the church parking lot, walking around to people's trunks open, that's legitimate. It's safe. That's fine. That's great. Any opportunity that you you can take to dress up and see people dressed up, that's what trick-or-treating is all about. Trick-or-treating is not for everyone, of course, but it does have somewhat of a wider window than haunted houses do. It's a broader, more important thing for the season, I think. A haunted house is a cheap thrill at the end of the day, and if you enjoy that, I don't mean to scare you away from it, but trick-or-treating is a way to wander and connect and play for friends and families in an area, and that seems pretty invaluable to me. So, it's no trick, it's a treat. Trick-or-treating trumps haunted houses. So, for the title of the Autumnal Activity Authority, will it be pumpkin patches, or trick-or-treating? I think the answer to this question comes down to what what, what, fall, what, fall. And to me, it's a time that reminds us that we can get through the rest of the year. The air may get chillier, the greenery may fade away, our calendars might be inexplicably full with holiday and school events, but there are comforts out there in this season. We have warm sweaters and beverages, the autumn colors, and of course the leaf piles in which to leap. And of course, we start seeing time with friends, family. It's wonderful. So which of these activities, pumpkin patches or -or trick-or-treating, conveys these ideas best for me? For me, it's probably pumpkin patches. Apple Orchard's corn mazes all of this is just so cozy. That comfort is such a critical idea as the weather in the world proceeds to become seemingly more uncomfortable during fall. Trick or treating feels sort of like a blip on the fun monitor. It's exclusive to Halloween and surrounding that uh, that holiday and agricultural tourism feels more like a natural progression of the ways we entertain and enjoy ourselves throughout the year. The togetherness, the food, the fun can be had at any time during the fall season. It's not tied down to just Halloween. And it starts becoming reminiscent of Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. It's sort of a holiday's light, if you will. Uh, You can certainly treat it that way. And In many ways, pumpkin patches, corn mazes, apple orchards are celebrations of community, like trick-or-treating is, and you can look at this in this way. There aren't chain businesses or major corporate agendas necessarily involved in agricultural tourism. It's all about local families and friends of an area working together off the land and climate and creating something fun and accessible, and in some cases educational. I would much rather see that than give Nestle more money and throw together some plasticky costumes. And who's to say that you can't add a little bit of spookiness to agricultural tourism if that's what you're looking to in the fall. There's haunted hayrides and dangerous farm machinery and uh, mysterious family legacies. Uh, There's all sorts of things that you can do to make agricultural tourism a little bit more personal and fun. And of course, the sweets of a pumpkin patch or apple orchard are much preferable to any sort of Halloween candy I can imagine getting in my little bucket. I would much take an apple cider donut over a pack of Skittles any day. So pumpkin patches, corn mazes, apple orchards really seem to elevate and facilitate everything great about the autumn season. As long as it isn't snowing yet, of course. It's really the perfect thing to do. So... Agricultural tourism through pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and apple orchards, to me, is the Autumnal Activity Authority. Well, fall is still in the air, so go and enjoy any of these activities if you feel so compelled. I would, of course, recommend a good stroll through a corn maze, autumnal beverage, optional. Thank you for joining me on this mini-episode of Who You Got. I would love if you could stop by Who You Got every season. Don't miss a single episode when you follow who you got on Instagram and Facebook. You can suggest topics for any episode, anytime. As always, I look forward to seeing what you guys want to see me ramble on about for roughly 10 to 15 minutes. Then, of course, wherever you're listening, please review, like, and share. Five-star ratings are great, your thoughts and suggestions are great, and your friends and family joining the party would be the greatest. So thank you again for joining me on this mini episode of Who You Got. My name is Dayton Hammond. We'll see you next time.